The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hello and welcome to the, the Port power. Preview podcast for the, yes, wait for it, elimination final versus West Coast, Woo-hoo. which will be playing on Saturday evening at Adelaide Oval. <laughs> Finals, finals, finals. That's what we're all about here at uh, Port Fan Radio. And um, because we're in a uh, such a, a rare moment in Port Adelaide history, unfortunately, in recent times, we actually do have the, the fantastic three here. Uh, joining me tonight is Macca. Mate, how are you? Yeah, 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 good. And Rick, both of them. Hooray. Yeah, how come I was last to be introduced? I'm always last. <laughs> I'm so well, unloved. Because there's a danger that if I introduce you first, you'll talk for five minutes before I can introduce Macker, and that doesn't sound good. Oh, come on, that's harsh. <laughs> this is true. If you want to see a talker... You're doing you it now. A, if you want to see a talker, you should see Bomber Clifford. I saw him live in action last week, and oh, yeah. he is a smooth and elongated talker. Oh, yes. That's the actual good. Bomber yes. Clifford or the big footy poster yeah. Bomber Clifford? The big footy poster Bomber Clifford. He was working his style, and... You should have seen the corporate photo he gave me. I think it was him from about 20 years ago, looking yeah. very dapper and very very mature and very uh, photogenic. There you, there go. you go. Good stuff. All right. Well, look, obviously with Rick on the podcast, we're going to have a, a long one, so let's get straight into it. Um, we've got, uh, first of all, a bit of news happened in the last couple of weeks. All Australian players named, Paddy and uh, Robbie Gray. Yeah. That's very nice. Um, interestingly... If you go through it, Essendon had three players' name and a further two Essendon players that have now at other clubs in Paddy Ryder and uh, Hibbert as well. Um, mm. That's interesting, isn't it? Why why has this happened? Why, why did Essendon become worthy of such consideration, do you think? Probably because they had a pretty good year and a few of their yeah. players stood out. I suppose. I mean, I, I kind of look at I kind of look at Zach Merritt being named. And it's like, oh, really? That was the one I was fifty fifty about. Like, that's just an accumulation award, I reckon. That one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I reckon there was better players that could have gone in to have had a bit more impact than Zach. But um, oh, look, he he's worthy. He picked up a hell of a lot of the ball, and um, yeah, he, he had a pretty good year. Yeah. Look, a... he, he, yeah. He's did all I was right, going to say but... Essendon's the feel-good story of the year, aren't they? <laughs> somehow, yeah, somehow maybe. it's been contrived to be. don't know. <laughs> Look, Hurley had a wonderful year, and he was a obvious um, sort of lock, I would think, down there. Who was the third one? I can't remember the third one. but oh, I've forgotten. Hmm. I, just, I got to Zach Merritt, and I thought, oh, okay, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Ah. Uh... And um, another, just moving on from that, another big congratulations comes to Sam Powell Pepper, who is the South Australia and Western Australia Rising Star for 2017. Yes, well done, Sam. Treaders. <laughs> yeah, looking yeah, he's got got the important votes, got the important votes from uh, Treadrow and Glenn Djakovic. So uh, you know that's really all that matters, you know, because reality is none of them have probably seen any of his games. So that's <laughs> the, the moral victory. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely stunned that Burton didn't get any five oh. preference votes. Five star votes. Like it's well, I mean, it's just six strange. In, right? Like he he clearly had the best year, I think, of anybody that got nominated. He's probably going to end up the best player out of anybody that got nominated. So no matter what way you look at it, he should have probably got at least a few five uh, five voters, but he didn't get any. Well, I mean, you've got to wonder about the voting process because, you know, when they list the votes on the website, you see Gillian McLaughlin's first, which reflects basically what happened, and you see so many of the other judges exactly aligning with him. It's like, come on, really? Mm. <laughs> you know, but why like, is he even voting? I don't know. I mean, I guess because he's got a TV and he feels like he's, that entitles him to make a vote. I don't know. He would watch most games each week, would I would say. Would he? I reckon he would. I mean, the yeah, way he's selected would say he there. didn't. Why the CEO of a of the competition? Why is he voting? It just doesn't make sense to me. I can understand former players or former coaches, or even if you want to get current coaches, but I don't get why an administrator is actually voting in this in this thing. It's just weird. I, well, I actually prefer that because he's unbiased. Yeah. There's no bias there. Well, whereas no, everybody that's else true. that's voting has played the game and is potentially voting for their sort of bunny player, like what happened with Treadrake. But 
Look, in, in the end, I think Pal Pepper certainly played the hardest role out of uh, pretty well everyone that uh, that got nominated. Um, you know, to sort of come into a midfield group, uh, uh, play as an inside midfielder to that standard to a team that finished fifth, I think is a very, very good effort compared to someone like McGrath and Burton, who sort of skulked around across half-back doing not much um, for most of the year. I can't... I kind of reckon one guy that, when you look at it, he's kind of been underrated is probably Hipwood from Brisbane Lions. Oh, certainly, um, yeah. Oh, he's, he's definitely the like, hardest If you're talking about yeah. toughest... Yeah, exactly. If you're going to talk hardest role in a team this year, it's definitely Hipwood. He's managed 30 goals this year in 20 games. Um, and in, in that Brisbane team that gets about line, four inside 50s a week, so... <laughs> <laughs> he's done he's done phenomenally well. He's an extremely dangerous player going forward. Um, if you're looking at the top contenders, like if you're saying what they're going to become going forward, like he's the only one of that lot that would really make me wonder, would I rather have him or Sam Powell Pepper? Um, oh, and that's a tough one. I don't, I don't want to answer. I don't, I don't like that question, so I'm not going to ask it of myself. <laughs> it's a, look, I rate Burton exceptionally highly. I think McGrath's a great player and is going to be a superstar as well. But um, I'm, I'm very, very happy that two of the judges rated Powell Pepper as five votes. I think that was great and well-deserved. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's coincidental, though, that they're from South Australia and Western Australia, respectively, though. Well, they're the only ones that watch all the games, that watch the games involving the South Australian and Western Australian clubs. But, the, you know, but this that's... is the whole... This is the indictment of this whole thing because, I mean, at least get judges that are willing to watch and be completely objective and make informed decisions. Honestly, I kind of feel like... Well, they the probably way, have. The main problem... The main problem with the selectors, I think, is that they are mostly players that work in the media and players that work in the media watch very specific games, which is basically the games they're involved with. I would personally prefer it if the All-Australian Committee was made up of ex-players, but the guys that moved out to the country, so they watch the games on TV and they watch all the, the whatever games are on Ozstar or Foxtel. Is it still Ozstar out there? Um, you know, and that, I'd, I'd rather that because they're more likely to watch a random selection rather than the guys that, you know, well, if you've got this many players at Channel 7, then, you know, Port Adelaide player's not going to win, <laughs> you know? Mm. Judges, Brennan Favola, Darren Smith, <laughs> Warwick Kappa. Yeah. That'd be great. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, no, that's not exactly what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, anyway, let's move along. I've put a little spot in here. I don't know whether we'll actually use it or if we'll just call it like a red card during the, the, the um, podcast, which is a Rick Soakbox, because he's always got something to say, hasn't he? But how about we just move on with the football, and then when Rick goes on a tangent, we'll call it, and that's Ooh, his one chance. Rick, Rick's fair. got a uh, get-your-soapbox-out-free card. That's what he's got. No, yeah, that's I, right. That's I put right. some thought into this. I actually do have a topic. Okay, what is it? Well, there's a small one, which is when do we stop booing a former player that used to play for the club? Because I just saw at the start Phil Davis get booed with his first position uh, possession, and it was pathetic. It was just this small boo from some people, and it's like, team, guys, move on. I mean, it's what, three, four, five years ago? Same with Sean Burgoyne. Move on, Port supporters. He's been and gone. Stop booing. When does booing actually stop former players? Um, quite often at retirement. Probably when they um, retire, I, might, I, I would say. Yeah. I'm, I might stop booing Sean Bergon when he retires, but, you know, who knows? He might play, he might play a Legends match, in which case I want to boo him again. <laughs> oh, I'm still booing Nick Stevens. I just think about him and start yeah. booing automatically. Yeah, yeah but right. he deserves Boo. to be booed. But, I mean, surely we've moved on from Sean Bergoyne. No, no, no. I I don't understand why we would boo Sean in the first place. Like, you know, he was a great servant. I I don't really boo players, but I think ill of him. (laughs) Yeah, he left and it was disappointing, but, you know, move on. So so you guys booers or non-booers? Not really. No, I'm not a booer. I like to be positive at the ground. Mm. You're, You're a supporter. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you wouldn't think it from the way I've acted online in my in my entire internet history. If I'm at the ground, I'm actually quite reasonable. <laughs> so, what would what would you have done today this week, Porsche, if Melbourne finished eighth? Um, I don't know. Been looking forward to the game as, as I am right now. I'd, I'd probably so be more confident. No, no loser, I guess, for you this weekend, if that's the case. Why? Well, Melbourne Port would have been close. You'd happy winner either way. Well, I mean, if we if we lose to uh, West Coast, I'll be a bit pissed off, Rick. Frankly, I had a I had a dream last night that we lost to West Coast. Yeah, well, is, I, is, yeah. is that a bad sign? Well, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm kind of expecting it, but let's get into that in a minute. Um, we have had <laughs> uh, another celebrity pop up in the Port Fan Radio chat. Uh, apparently, Warwick Cap has joined us, oh, and he said that he would have yes. voted for um, Sam Pell Pepper. 
and he I also I believe he he would have bullied uh, Troy Chaplin. So there you go. Mm. <laughs> actually, I reckon Warwick Keppel would have torn Troy Chaplin and you asshole if they actually played on each other in the you know in the yeah, same era. Yeah, I think so too. Probably. <laughs> yeah. mm. I reckon I don't reckon Chaffee could have matched that for no. sure. Nah, no way. No. All right, excellent. Thank you, Warwick Keppel. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to the football. Um, it's the West Coast game, and let's talk very briefly about West Coast. And Macca, probably, I don't know, you probably watch the most West Coast games because you seem to watch the most oh, games okay. of any of us, I think, on Port Fan <laughs> right now. So I'll, I'll talk about it briefly, and if I've said anything stupid, you can correct me. Okay. Um, basically, first of all, we'll look at what they do. Um, they've really got a very consistent midfield. They produce quite regularly, and they've got, uh, what is it? Yo and uh, Prittis and Shuey, who are all really consistent, and they've got an excellent range of second stringers, including, you know, perennial pain in the ass Sam Mitchell uh, this season, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. he, he hasn't been their star midfielder, but, gee, like, he's in exactly the right role for him at his stage in the career, just being a, a sort of a, an extra guy that pushes them over the top, and that's why they've got where they are this season, uh, realistically. Um, one of the other things they're really quite good at is, I mean, I guess you'd call them an intercept marking side, but it's really just about pressuring the most common marks. Uh, if you look through the stats, they've got the fifth most contested marks against, but overall they've got the fifth least marks taken against them. So basically when you're taking a mark against West Coast, it's a very high chance you've had to earn it. Um, and that's not common. You know, that, that is actually uh, uh, something that is quite challenging and it's something that's been quite challenging for us in our forward line, certainly. Yeah. Um, uh, they're reliant on a defensive action to win the ball quite often. So they've actually got the second most clearances scored against them uh, in the middle. But um, the interesting thing is that even though they've got the fifth most inside 50s against, so it's going into their forward line a lot, uh, they've got the seventh least goals against. So it's just not becoming an opportunity. And again, that comes down to a guy like McGovern, who has just been fant- fantastic for them this season. Uh, he's a real worry for us, I'd say, going forward. Um, the interesting thing, I guess it's probably a little bit their weakness, which is that when they go forward, they don't get it up there all that much. They've got six least inside 50s in the in the league. Um, but if they don't get the score from it, if they don't get the goal from it, um, they can be frustrated quite badly. So if you've got a good defence against them, if you can frustrate their forward line uh, efficiency, um, then you, that's probably how you can beat them. And certainly there have been a lot of teams that have done that this year. And hopefully, hopefully, this is something we can do. Uh, this does feel very much like a game that Tom Jonas could have been extremely good in. So um, I yes. guess we'll see how we go. Yes, indeed. Um, agree with that. How are we going agree so with... far, Mecca? Yeah, look, I agree with pretty much everything you've said so far. Um, they do okay. have a consistent midfield, but they are quite an inconsistent team overall. They do lose games, which they probably shouldn't. Mm. Uh, they do struggle away from home. Yet, surprisingly, they play exceptionally well at uh, Adelaide Oval. Um, but look, outside of that, you know, they do have a great midfield. They've got a forward line that can score a lot of goals. Um, yeah. And I guess the other thing that, um, and they've got a pretty dour defence uh, when they're um, when they're playing well. Um, they are very hard to mark against. They do sort of uh, trap, they sort of close in on you quite a bit um, and make it very, very difficult to, to get forward on occasion. Um, you've got to really move the ball quite quickly to play against West Coast, I think. Um, and they do have quite mm. a tall side as well. That's the other thing to note. I think um, they do play quite yeah, tall, uh, which I think we were able to exploit a little bit uh, last time out. Um, but again, we also had our, uh, our key forwards have a, a big day out as well. So uh, we'll think that's be, be really important to see how this one plays out. I'm, uh, I'm confident we can win, but I'm not 100% confident going in. No. Um, and look, there are a few things to consider. Um, they've beaten us all three times. We've played them at Adelaide Oval. Um, yeah. Is it too late to request a venue shift to Footy Park or Subi? Well, we did beat them at that uh, at Footy Park in that final in 07. So there you go. It was a it was a good game that one. Come from behind yeah, yeah, win. Yeah. That was quite nice. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, another interesting fact is that they haven't had two wins in a row since round eight, which if it's interesting. And I think they've had a run of three losses since then as well. Um, so and they, won they won last, last week. week so. They won last week, so lock we, it we, we have to be thinking we're like. doing all right. Um, they have beaten four finalists this year, but the circumstances of it are a little bit dodgy, kind of like us, I guess. Uh, they beat Sydney when they were shit. Uh, they beat us in Adelaide, and they beat the Crows in the last game of the year, obviously, which the Crows didn't need to win in any way. They just needed to have a good run and you know, perform reasonably well to be prepared for finals in two weeks' time, which, looking at what's going on right now, it looks like that worked. So, um, mm, interesting. 
Yeah, look, the Port uh, win, the, the win obviously against us earlier in the year was a, a bloody good win for them because we dominated the sheet. We dominated every statistical category you can think of and they came away with a pretty convincing win in the end. They led pretty much all day. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that, that, that's a, one of their wins of the year for sure, I would think. Yeah, definitely. And, of course, they got the three All-Australians, Jeremy McGovern, uh, Josh Kennedy, who I, I don't know if he played against us the last time we played, and that was nice. the one we won. Um, he is a very good key forward. And Elliot Yo, which, I don't know, like he's kind of in that Zach Merritt boat for me. Like, I, I wouldn't have thought he was their best midfielder. I don't know, do you reckon? Well, am I, am not I off base there, Matt? either, to be honest. No, well, oh, he's yeah, not true. really played there all that much this year, I don't think. I think he's been more a... of a... Um, He's been more of a sort of a back flanker, I think. He does yeah, run through the I mean, midfield a little bit, but he sort of does kind of like a Hamish Hartlett type role, I guess, for us. Oh, God. Okay. No wonder I don't rate him. <laughs> Look, he's had a great year. Yo's had a fantastic year for yeah. sure. He's been, yeah, yeah. I would say he would be leading their best and fairest for sure. No, that's fair. Um, Dylan on Spreaker Chat agrees with you. Yo is a gun, uh, which is fair enough. Uh, all right, Rick, you got anything you want to say about West Coast? I think it's very harsh what you were saying about Hamish Hartlett because he's had a good second half of the year since Broadbent's been out. But yeah, I will you're right. say, he has been but better. I, but I will say that um, I'm glad that we're keeping us a, a faster side, and we've held our nerve with that because I think we do need to uh, run the ball at West Coast, uh, and we've seen what happens if we just try and play the long ball game. It's too easy for them to close in and get uh, get the intercept marking going because we definitely need to run, we need to carry, and then we need to hit those uh, those shorter targets, those 30-metre targets, which is what we did in Perth. And uh, I think we've locked down the key to success for West Coast, so I wouldn't be too concerned about our three previous um, results here at Adelaide Oval against them. It's, it'll be a completely different game. Fair enough. Um, there is one thing I'd like to say uh, that might be, I don't know if it's controversial, I think it's just a thing, um, which is that I kind of feel like our individual defenders have been performing better when there are fewer halfback flankers in the side. Um, so Hartlett's been playing better. Like, as soon as Broadbent went out and we stopped playing 10 million flankers and maybe added an extra key forward at times, you know, that I think we've actually been significantly better performed in defence as well. I think there's just been less clog. Pittard's played better since he's been back with that slightly reduced defensive uh, allotment. I, I don't know. Do you think that that's actually hindered our uh, individual defenders' performance, having so many people sort of playing in that area? I think I sort of said it to either you or Macca halfway through the year. Instead of picking the best 22 players on the list and trying to fit them into a team, we've actually started going more down the line of actually play, picking the best players for a position. And I think that's resulted in these performances performances improving from those players well speaking of which let's roll straight into the uh selections for this week um which i don't know i i i think me and macca might be a little bit about it and i'm not sure what rick will feel about it but um basically we've made one change jarman impy's in for aiden johnson um it's not noteworthy i don't think um no, impy was listed he was listed as the sixth best player for the Magpies last week, but he wasn't kicking goals, so it makes me wonder what role Impey's playing for us that he's come back in now. Um, his previous well, he, form he against West Coast. Right his previous form against West Coast. Last time he had eight touches, no goals. Uh, against West Coast in Adelaide, he had 15 touches and kicked two goals, but then in 2016, eight touches and one uh, zero goals too. Um, so it, it looks a little bit like if you're saying, oh, well, he's being picked for the opposition, like he's only had one decent performance against him in the last three times we played him. Um, I don't know, like, was, is that like that, you know, his last time performance against West Coast, that's pretty similar to what Aiden Johnson's been doing. Do, do we really think that that was a, an ideal inclusion? Do you think that's a change that needed to be made? I guess is really what I'm asking. Uh, look, it, it is like for like. I've been a fan of what Johnson has done in the side. Um, when he's been in there the last few weeks. Um, I can understand why we brought in Impey, though. He is a bit more explosive. He is capable of doing a fair bit more than what Johnson has done. Um, he did play well for the Maggies last week in a bit of a, a different role. He was a lot more defensive than we've seen um, and was doing a lot more team things than we've seen from him at AFL level. So that might Where be was why he playing he's on the ground? brought back in. Um, Where was he playing on the ground? He was sort of swapping between sort of forward flank, back flank, playing through the midfield a bit. Um, mm, so he was playing okay. a bit further up the field. Uh, and he did a pretty good job. Um, I don't mind that change. I think 
it's I can understand why they've done it. I think it's fair enough. Certainly not milk-worthy. Um, I still think we might be going in one tall too, sh- too small, though. Uh, I'm not so convinced about that because I think that I'm not so, if our key forwards perform and it doesn't piss down or anything like that, then I think that we are actually all right in our forward line and it's just a matter of whether we can match them in our defence. Don't know. They've got Kennedy, Darling, no. Petrie up forward. We're only playing the two key defenders. We've got um, Marshall and Dixon up forward. They've got McGovern, McKenzie and Barras. Um, so, I don't know. They're going to be a lot taller. Uh, will it work in their favour? Maybe. Will it work in ours? Maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say at this point, but I don't know. I would. I know. This I'm with you, Controversial, Macca. but I would certainly have added in Trengove this week. I, I'm with you, Macca. I would have added in Trengove this week. I think we, even though I was happy we held the held our nerve with all the other small players, I would have probably gone Johnson for for Trengove because I think we need that extra utility as a backup. Is Trengove on the emergency list? He is. No, yep. I, is he? Oh, okay. Yep. No, no, maybe the, maybe there might be a late switch or something. Uh, look, there uh, might be depending on weather conditions. So, who would you swap you in if if Trengove comes in late? Who would you take out? Uh, well, MP. I guess yeah, MP MP would have been the desirable one. Um, but assuming yeah. it, it's not, oh, MP, I would assume like, it would be someone like Bonner. Yeah, it'd have to be. Yeah, that it'd makes have... more sense, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, true. It'd have to be yeah. Bonner. Oh, I, I just feel like the reason why we won against West Coast last time was that our tolls performed exceptionally well. We moved West off more as a forward through that second half and we started to dominate. Dixon had a just about his best game all year. Um, Trengove had probably his best game up forward all year. And West off was a match winner through that second half. Um, so we've gone against that structure which worked against West Coast last time. And now we're playing at least one toll shorter than we did last time out. I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's a risk. I think it's a big risk. I, I'm not confident of someone like Bonner playing on um, Darling. I'm not confident on uh, of someone like Pittard or Houston playing on someone like Petrie. Um, I don't know. It just feels like we're taking a big risk in our selections this week by not naming an extra toll. I've got to say, the more I'm looking at that lineup, the more I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> uh, it does make me wonder whether we'll do something weird, like start playing Charlie Dixon in that weird uh, wingman role that we've played him in some of our most notable losses. Um, yeah, don't know. I don't Little know what the, what the weather's going to be and whether it's going to be wet or anything, but um, I don't know. Well, it I think feels it's like dry. It's going to be 15 dry. and cloudy. On Saturday, so it's not going to be wet. I wouldn't think. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, hopefully, we've got more run than they've got. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like we've taken a, a, a bit of a risk with this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, look, we'll go through the section by section because I think that might tell us a little bit more as well. Well, well I was just going to say, though, Porsche. Like, yeah. um, well, what are we gambling on? by carrying that one less tall. So how are we expecting to, the midfield to beat their midfield and and therefore provide enough fallback defensive pressure, um, which sort of goes into what you want to do about line by line. But I guess that's the only thing the coaches must be thinking. Uh, look, I mean, I guess that the reason you name someone like MP is the fact that when West Coast do have the ball, they, they do actually kind of like uncontested. Uh, and so maybe that's part of why you'd name Impy. But then again, you're not really... I don't think you're getting a real huge pace increase on Johnson with that change. So I, I, I guess, honestly, I just don't really understand that change all that much. Um, I guess by not adding a tool... The difference in roles that they can play. Not not necessarily the pace. It's more that Impy can do no. that sort of run down the ring, run down the wing sort of role and can play across half-back, can play up forward, whereas Johnson has solely been a forward pocket at this point in time. So I guess that says that we are conceding a certain amount of rebounds from West Coast that we want to be able to be able to, to be able to counter attack when they're still spread out a bit. Um, maybe that's what we're trying to do is that we're trying to make it a bit of a shootout between the half back lines. Um, that would seem feasible as an explanation. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily one we'd win because that seems to be exactly West Coast game plan. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know. It is, a, it, it is a little bit baffling. It'll be interesting to see. It is definitely one of those games where I don't understand the selections entirely. Um, and which... the other issue, the other big issue, and fingers yeah. crossed, if, if Ryder gets injured in the first quarter... Oh, shut up. What happens? We're going to have West off rucking year, the whole game. Like, that's Probably just... Howard. <laughs> I don't know. It's scary stuff. It is, yes. You're right, Mecca. They're absolutely scary that we have one Ruckman in the world. Um, speaking of which, let's move in. So first of all, quickly, very briefly mention that West Coast made no changes to their losing side against the Crows last week, or two weeks ago, I should winning say. Winning side. Um, sorry? Winning, winning side. Winning side. What am I talking about? Winning side, yes. Um, Jack Darling's playing his 150th game, uh, which is okay for him. Congratulations, Jack. Um Rucks, first of all, Paddy Ryder versus Nathan Vardy. Now, Paddy Ryder, you say if he gets injured early, we're in trouble. Yeah, we probably are. But uh, the reality is if he doesn't get injured early, if he manages to play the whole match, then we should be winning in Ruck, Ruck, you'd think. He has got a good performance against West Coast this year. Uh, At Subiaco, 39 hitouts, two goals, one clearance, which, you know, the clearance is not all that amazing, but 39 hitouts and two goals, you don't sneeze at. And uh, Adelaide Oval, uh, 42 hitouts, one goal and six clearances. So whatever he's doing, whether he's playing a little bit more at forward or just sort of being a, a more midfieldy ruckman, he's played very well against Nathan Vardy in particular. He has. Um, we yes. happy about that one? Absolutely. Yep. If he stays fit for the whole game, um, he should be beating Nathan Vardy. Um, he's got the reach over him. Uh, he's got the ability around the ground to damage. Um, as we've seen, he's kicked three goals against West Coast this year. Um, I'm 100% certain Ryder's going to come out to play. Uh, he's built for finals footy, and I reckon he's going to have an absolute cracker. Absolutely. Absolutely. You'd, you'd really hope hey, so, wouldn't you, <laughs> Hey, Well, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's probably the, the contest that we would be most confident of winning this game. Um, and it's it, it doesn't, like, if you look at the West Coast lineup, like it doesn't look like they've named an alternate ruck. Am I reading that right? Uh, yeah, they're know. probably in the same boat as... I mean, Petrie, I would guess, would be their... Oh, I suppose, yeah, Petrie might get be. Get out of jail option. Yeah, so, like, if they're, if, if they're turning that around, if Nathan Vardy gets injured early, like, they don't really have a lot of options either. Um, yeah. So, you know, interesting. Hopefully, really, if we had to take it, let's hope that there's no injury to either Ruckman and we'll still win that way. Um, moving on to midfield, Maka, let's leave this one to you because you seem to have more opinions about the West Coast midfield than I do. Uh Pritis and Shui have been performing quite well. Gaff's pretty good. Sam Mitchell, he's actually, believe it or not, interesting stat, he's got his second worst uh, average disposal count against us, which is still 23 disposals, five clearances and all that sort of thing. But uh, It feels you know, like a lot it's more. It's interesting. It feels it like does, he does it? a lot more damage over us than what his he, stats actually say. And that's because he's not accumulating against us. He's just killing us, usually. Yeah, usually, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, look, I, I rate their midfield though? highly. That's where they're going to win the game if it happens. Um, and it's a midfield that we have struggled against uh, time and time again over the last two to three years. Um, you know, we did mm. finally beat West Coast this year, and our midfield did a, a pretty damn good job of it. Uh, we just need to make sure we do it again. But... Look, Gaff, uh, you know, he's a hard runner on the outside. Luke Shuey is the, is the danger man for me. He's the one that... Um, yeah, I think so. When West Coast beat us, he's the one that usually plays really, really well and is the match winner, especially late in games. Um, Matt Prudis, we know what we're going to get with him. They've got a really good sort of uh, second-string midfield group as well. Guys like Dom Sheet are very, very good players. Uh, Hearn can go yeah, through true. there. Redden can go through there. Uh, Liam Duggan's building. Um, yeah... You know, Jetta, like he's obviously their X factor. Uh, he can play forward. He can run down the wing. Um, he's very hard to catch. Uh, did play a very, very good game against Adelaide last week as well. So he played very well. Very yeah. Well. So it is a, a midfield that bats deep, and they've got match winners in their own right. And um, yeah, we're cer- it's certainly not going to be easy through the midfield. And um, yeah, we're going to have to be on our toes. I think. Are they getting a bit slow? Yeah, it's not the quickest midfield going around. Like, um, yeah. But they do have some good pace on the outside. Like, Gaff's a, a quick runner. Um, Yo's Jetta, pretty quick Jetta, Jetta. for his size. Jetta, obviously, as well. Uh, Shuey's got that burst factor coming out of uh, stoppages. Um, like guys like Prittis, Mitchell, Sheed, probably aren't all that quick. Uh, Redden as well, I guess. Um, but outside of that, they, they, I guess they do have you know, fair pace. Yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah. Well, I think 
Well, I'm sort of going off on a tangent, funny enough. But oh, I just think that they're, you know, with the, the overall team balance, that they're probably a little bit slow. You know, they've got some aging players in their side. You know, they've got the most experience out of all the finals teams, 140 games played. Um, I think that's what our club's banking on, that they're going to be be a little bit slow and we're going to be able to take them on with speed and run and carry. Um, yeah, so I think it's Are going to be a bit really interesting. Uh, I think we can be, but I think teams have been able to slow us down. I think that's been our problem. And I think that's the modern game, unfortunately. It's a poor quality product at the moment with modern zoning. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, I guess we'll move on to the forward line, which is kind of... If if you if you're any casual football supporter and you watch West Coast games occasionally, like that's kind of where all the excitement is, in my view. Um Mark Lacroix, he's kicked four goals against us both games this year. He's a start. Uh, funny story, what a, what a, that one. What a little shit he is. Yeah, real funny. Funny story, he kicked four goals against us in round seven. Didn't get, didn't kick a goal again until he played Port Adelaide in round 16, where he kicked another four. He's there, Jason Davenport. That's a concern. <laughs> he's the anti-Davenport. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a little bit of a concern. Uh, West Coast do have a, a tradition of small forwards not performing for them well in finals, though. Whether that will carry over to McCraw is... What is that in the background, Rick? Rick? What That's are you doing? Rick, right? I'm <laughs> it sounds like he's taking a leak. I'm not taking a leak. I'm, I'm in the kitchen <laughs> tipping out some water. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I yeah, go, I that's, uh, that's entirely <laughs> believable as well. There you go. Oh god. I can go. I can go and take a leak in the bathroom if you would like. <laughs> no, you probably don't you. need that's to because you just did. So that's fine. Hey, <laughs> I've told you when I've gone to the toilet before, and that was not one of them. <laughs> oh Jesus. Outrageous. That's Rick's view on Mark LeCroix. Let's move on. Uh, Jack Darling, he's kicked four four (laughs) goals and two goals against us this year. Uh, And it's a milestone game. I don't know. And given uh, Darling's recent criticism, well, not recent, but, you know, over the last couple of seasons about not being a performer in finals, do you think this Mm. might be one that Darling either lifts or is exposable for? Do you think he might have the the irrits or, sorry, the jitters about it? Oh, he'll want to play well, no doubt. Um, He'd be desperate too, wouldn't he? Choke under pressure, possibly. I mean, it's uh, mm. certainly possible. Um, we say he hasn't really delivered in finals, but he's kicked 16 goals in nine finals. So he has been yeah, able yeah. to get on the score sheet. Um, he has played well against us this year. And again, this might be why I think we need another sort of key defender out there. Um, but you never know what might happen. Jonas. Yeah, Jonas. Do you reckon Jonas? Mm. Yeah, he would have. But will Pittard probably be the man? No, they... I don't know. I don't think we've well, got who's a real... Who's going to be the guy? Well, you would think Cleary will go on uh, Kennedy, I would think. You would think Howard might play on Petrie. Well, maybe Howard goes on Darling. I mean, Howard's got good pace. He's got good endurance. He's got the reach. Yeah. He's got the height to go with him. Um, Doesn't have the strength if, if we're happy playing someone like Bonner or Houston to go up against Petrie, then that might be able to work in our advantage. Uh, but it is putting a lot of pressure on guys like Houston and Bonner to do the job against Petrie. Uh, but this is where yeah. our team defence really needs to come to the fore this week. Uh, if we're going to go in sort of a, a little bit undersized, uh, this is where guys like Houston need to start doing their intercept stuff. Hartlett as well, Pittard as well. And, uh, yeah, really earning their money. Well, it's not just well, the intercept stuff, but it's also about pressuring that um, uh, half-forward or midfielder kicking into the forward line. I think that's where the real difference is going to be because the, the forwards you can frustrate, absolutely, but the way you frustrate the forwards the most is by making sure their delivery to them is shithouse, and that's where yeah. that's the one we need to win, in my view. Um, that's going to be the challenge. Do we play yeah. someone like Hamish Harlett on Jack Darling? Well, why not? <laughs> He's got the running capability to go with him. He's probably got the strength yeah. to go with him. He does um, have the strength. He can hurt him the other way. Uh, if Harlow can get a few kicks off him pretty early, he might be able to get into Darling's head and uh, put him off Maybe. his game even more. I, I don't know. It might be something to look at. Well, he might get a little bit, you know, Hartlett with him, a little bit West Adelaide and uh, sort of rough him up a bit. That might help a bit. Who knows? Mm. Um, and, of course, Josh Kennedy is the big target in far forward. Uh, he didn't play in the time we beat them at Subiaco. He has got a pretty decent record against us. He's kicked, oh, I didn't actually write down any goals he's kicked against us this year, but he's usually not bad. Um, well, how are we feeling about that matchup? He kicked last year. He kicked two this year. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, and won he's, the year before bad. that as well. So yeah, he's, he's got some form against up. us in recent recent matches. But look, he's a hard player to play against. He's quick off the mark. He's got uh, a super strong contested mark. Uh, he's a very accurate kick for goal. Um, he's a tough player, and that's why he's um, probably the second best key forward in the competition. Here's my Sorry. So I was just going to say, I think we're in big trouble if they get too many one-on-one isolation events in their forward fifty. I think that's where we're going to we're going to be cactus. As I said, this is where our intercept work and our team defence really needs to shine through. Yeah. Like it's it's worked for much of the year. Um, Now is the time on the biggest stage to uh, to make sure it works again. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance that um, we'll play Howard on Kennedy and then we'll play Cleary on Darling? Yeah, it's quite possible. Yeah. Because I, th- I think that the fact that Howard can probably keep up with him in pace, but he's also got a height advantage over him, I think that could be extremely useful when dealing with Kennedy. I don't think that'd be. He, I don't think he plays that all that often on uh, backmen that are taller and can keep up with him. Yeah. So I, I think feel that like could Kennedy be will be able to outmuscle him a bit, uh, a bit more than he will for Cleary. That's yeah, why I would look for Cleary first. <laughs> It depends on how Kennedy's being set up. Like, if Kennedy's being set up in the lead, then I think Howard probably would go with all right. But if it's coming yeah. down to, like, contested marking, as we talked about, then, yeah, I agree in that circumstance. You'd probably more want Cleary on him. Yeah. Um, I guess it's going to come down to how the West Coast uh, attack or uh, entry to the forward line functions as to who the best matchup is at any given moment. So that, that will be an interesting thing for the coaches to think about. Um, all right, moving along. Uh, Defence, if, if we have any other forwards we particularly want to talk about. Um, McGovern, are we going to tag McGovern? Are we going to do a, 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 a Ken Hinckley and tag McGovern because we're worried about what he's going to do in, in, in response to us? Or are we just going to be, mm, he's going to get some touches anyway? Wouldn't you love Trengove to oh. come in as a late inclusion just to tag McGovern? <laughs> <That'd be great. laughs> yeah. can, you, can you imagine how insane the crowd would be? Oh, the milts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bring it on. Oh, God, that'd be awful. Um, now, I guess our secret, not our secret weapon, our extremely obvious weapon against West Coast this week is probably Charlie Dixon. Uh, he kicked three goals, one against Adelaide Oval. He kicked five goals, one against yeah. him at Subiaco. And mm. you'd think that the matchup they got for him, maybe McKenzie, he, look at, I don't know that he's up to it. Um, if yeah, we can kicked, feed um, Dixon, the sky's the limit, I would have thought. Yeah, he's kicked eight goals, taken 17 marks against West Coast this year. His best two games probably for the year have come against West Coast, I would say. Mm. Um he plays really, really well against them. Will they try something a bit different this week? Um, who knows? Maybe they might try McGovern on Dixon this time. Um, maybe they might put uh, someone a bit closer to him to try and do some intercept work. Tom Barash usually does that sort of role and does it pretty well. Uh, and that's the reason why it was so successful last time out um, in having Westhoff move a bit further forward as well was that it allowed um, Dixon so much space to work didn't allow them to play that sort of intercept football, uh, which they're known for. And uh, mm, what do you mm. know? Dixon has a bag. Trangove is, uh, has a great last quarter, and, and so does Westhoff. Yeah, now, mm. I haven't put this on the rundown, but I guess my question is, you know, uh, is Marshall going to be a factor? Is, is he someone they'll struggle to match up on? Oh, uh, I don't think so. I really don't know what to I'd... expect from Todd this week. Like, third-game player, pretty skinny, very young. Uh, very immature in, in football terms. But fast, fast. Yeah, he's fast. He chases. He does all the defensive stuff really, really well. Um, like, who's the fastest guy in their defence? I, I don't reckon they've really got one that's super fast. I don't. Well, I, I think if he, he if he can time quick. his leads properly, well, yeah, but he's not going to beat um, Todd Marshall in a marking contest, is he? Well, Barras is already dealing with Dixon, isn't he? So you know, that's the thing. Like, well, if we do, the, if we do the play issue them is that forward, we the way that our delivery works probably doesn't benefit someone like Marshall in the way that we should I want him to agree. play. Oh, well, there's a difference between how we should well, want him to play and what he's capable inside of playing 50 at all. We, don't, we can't deliver inside 50. We can't deliver to a leading target. We rely so much on Dixon's contested work and we rely so much on Robbie Gray's ground ball work uh, to kick well, goals. Like, what, look, what, I mean, was, I'm, how often do we see a, a player leading towards the ball and, and taking a grab? It's pretty rare. You see, I, I guess mm. that's kind of the difference because I feel like if anyone in our forward line is capable of reflexively leading to a ball kick to space, I think it's probably Marshall. Um, Marshall and Robbie Gray, obviously. You know, yeah. I think that's probably the two guys in our forward line this week 
that are the guys most likely to be able to respond to uh, a ball that's sort of been kicked into space and then try and make something of it. So, again, Marshall, we haven't quite seen that at the level, but we did see it a lot last year. So maybe yeah. he's settled enough, he's playing a final. Maybe this is the game where he can sort of be a little bit more imprinting what he does. Um, but back in, you know, barring that, Robbie Gray. We've got Robbie Gray around. But I guess we should as, probably... As in the review last week with Todd Marshall, if... Like he had what three touches to three quarter time in a game that we won by 115 points. Um, that is true. If he's not, if he's not getting a lot of the ball in a game that we are dominating against a team that didn't want to be out there, what's he going to do in a cutthroat elimination final where he's going to have to play on a pretty good defender um, who might well, try and get in his head, might try and rough him up. You know, we we talk about roughing up someone else up the other end. Well, what if they try and rough him up? Like how if how we... are we going to respond? Again, this is why I think Trengove should have come in and would have been important was because it allows Todd Marshall to sort of roam around a bit and do what he likes without the pressure of also have to have to uh, delivering uh, statistically what we need him to deliver as a second forward. Okay, well, if we accept that Marshall is not he's a he's a secondary target then a thrashing is exactly the game where you wouldn't expect him to do that much because our primary options are working. Like That's exactly what happened against Goldcast. We were able to take the first option every time. So you wouldn't expect an alternate option to necessarily be the guy that gets a lot of goals. Whereas in a game like a final, you would expect there to be more opportunity for them to get to possession than in another game where your main forward is kicking goals through his arsehole, um, which in this case happened to Robbie Gray. Um, so, mm. uh, look, talking about Robbie Gray, um, he's a little bit exposable, I, I feel. I'm a little bit worried about Robbie. Uh, he was notably goalless against them at Adelaide Oval this year. Um, he got three goals against them in 2015, but in 2016, he was also goalless against West Coast uh, at Adelaide Oval. So in the last two games at Adelaide Oval, he's kicked zero goals. I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit worried with finals pressure and the history of marking small forwards in finals. Um... What do you think? Do you think that Robbie Gray is going to be able to stand up this week? He had an epic final series in 2014, and I've got no doubt that he can do it again. Mm, okay. Mm. okay. Do you think we, with that one... He kicked four, four goals in the short. second half. He kicked four goals in the second half in the semi-final against Frio to win us that game. He kicked three goals in the prelim against Hawthorne. Uh, was one of our best players against Richmond in the elimination final. I... Look, they might be able to shut him out, but I don't think they're going to be able to do it for four quarters. I think he's too good, and we can move him around a bit. Well, I mean, that, I think that moving around is probably an important part because, you know, those goals he kicked in those games, like he wasn't playing as a full-time forward then, was he? So maybe that was an important part of getting those goals is the fact that he did that and that maybe the rotation of Gray and Wingard might come into play this week again. Uh, yes. in that they won't. They might try to match up on Gray, but um, you don't match up on Gray the same way you match up on Chad Wingard. Maybe Wingard will get thrown forward a bit. Yeah. Um, be interesting that's to see. Right. It's a real, it's a real. That's a really nice card to have up the sleeve for Ken Hinckley is you know being able to swap around Gray, you know, slow, reliable, strong marking Gray with you know fast, erratic, strong marking Chad Wingard. Like that's pretty oh, nice. Chad uh, Wingard is the uh, he's the X factor. He's the um, he's the ace in the mm. pack. I think. Yeah, you know, we know he's delivered in finals before. Um, He's the one that uh, I think could have a real game, have a real day out and be best on ground. Well, he's the kind of guy that you know that he would... uh, There's nothing he won't do to be that, (laughs) to be that player. Like, he will will play every start. I guess the main concern you probably have about Chen Wingard is he might try to do a little bit too much by himself, um, which I think he has done certainly in the past. Mm. Um, Well, I said about Ryder that he's built for finals. Like, Chad Wingard is built for finals footy. He's... Proven that in the past, yeah. I've I've got no doubt he's going to come out there with a point to prove and uh, and do the same again. Well, just moving away from talking about it line by line, I guess my question is: Is Sam Powell Pepper built for finals? Physically, yes. Yes. Yeah, but what does that mean? What do you what do you, what's your real what's your real opinion? F- physically, yes, I think he's obviously built for finals because he's got a tough, hard body. He's got great pace. He's got the X factor. He can kick goals. He can do it inside. Can do it outside. Um, I feel like he's a big game player, and um, I, I think I feel like he's going to have a good game this week. The, the only query I've got is, um, you know, he's like, probably his last five or six games have been 
I won't say disappointing, but they've been a step below what he's produced uh, through the first sort of uh, two-thirds of the season. So the question that I've got is, is he tiring? Is his body cooked at this stage of the season? And therefore, will we see him play great finals this year or will we have to wait until next year? I think the buy is going to do him good. I think his his rest that he had a couple of weeks ago will do him wonders. He was definitely injured. And uh, if he doesn't perform well, it's obviously a more serious injury than what we thought. But uh, I think he's built and will put his body on the line and provide us the hardness that we need. Here's a here's a random call. Could we see maybe Hamish go into the grunt of midfield with his big body occasionally? No. No. Not at the stage in finals. That's a grand final trick. Grand final trick? Yeah, it's a grand final trick because he's got a really great, excellent record of you know, hurting himself in the midfield. <laughs> so if he's going to do it, you want to make sure like it's the last game of the season. So yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's a grand final trick personally. This is our grand final. Well, you say that, no. but then if we win, no, it's, not. Uh, it's not even like realistically. Okay. Let's, 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 let's just put it on the line here. We reckon we probably should win this one for, you know, we're not going to say, let's, let's not talk about whether we will or not, but we should win this one. We, I reckon we should beat, looking like at this point, GWS next week. So then we're really talking about the prelim final as being, you know, the closest thing you could say is our grand final, I would have thought. Like the first Come one you on, could say you, maybe. How can you say we should beat GWS? Aren't they making it? Because oh, the only reason yeah. we didn't last time is because of bloody Paddy Ryder's suspension. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, aren't they making a contest against the Crows? But uh, yeah, right. hold, hold the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, not really. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I, I think, I, like this, yeah. So, the, the earliest thing you could say, oh, it's a grand final for us, is probably the prelim. But, um, yeah. Mm. We're in finals, right, it's not grand final until it's the grand final. I yes. do agree with that. That is true. Uh, all right, moving on to the game in general. Uh, Adam Simpson as a coach, uh, well, it's the same as... I guess we did beat them at Civi, but they have beaten us all the games we played against the Adelaide Oval, so that's a little bit... What's going on, Rick? Come on. What? What are you that noise? I'm opening up a Mars bar wrap. <laughs> I, need, I need some sugar. I am dying here. <laughs> uh, okay. Good stuff. That'll help Macca, with you. Deep what was fry it? it for me. Deep fry it for me, Macca. <laughs> no. Nah. Deep fry it, Polly Waffle. That's the next one. That's your next challenge. Look, they play uh, they play Adelaide Oval exceptionally well. They've won five out of six games here, so it's basically yeah. their second home, uh, West yeah. Coast. So that's um, obviously that is a bit of a concern. And Simpson does have a good record against us, so that's also a concern. Uh, great comment from um, Bruce Evanathy in the um, Spreaker chat. Uh, GWS West the North Adelaide in '89. So that's that's a big call. That's a big but fair, I would say. <laughs> Oh dear, and um, just a psychological advantage factor for the match this week. In theory, it should be us because we're playing at home. We've had the superior season. Uh, if we hadn't had that losing streak against West Coast Adelaide over, like we would be absolutely one hundred percent favourites for this match. But because we've got that little bit of doubt, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think there is an advantage, and do you think we have it? I think we do. I think Off. West yeah. Coast have just fallen over the line. And uh, I think that recent win against them will do us the world of good. And uh, even though I had a nightmare last night that we lost and I was very sad and depressed and I wasn't sitting next to Macca, so I don't know if he cried or not. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I think we should be okay. All right. Fair enough. Are you going this week, Macca? Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah. We haven't been able um, to get to a lot of games this year. No, no, my boss is okay. He's uh, he's giving me a free pass to to go to this one. Oh, excellent. Um, I guess because it's the only one for the rest of the year, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty well, yeah. I won't be able to go into state if we make it that far. That's for sure. Fair enough. Um, all right. So moving along, we've talked about the game. Um, who are we playing next week? Are we going to be playing Adelaide or GWS? I think it's looking fairly obvious what the answer to that question is. So pretty clear. Uh, yeah, I reckon pretty clear that. before the game. So. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. All right. GWS could come back. Well, they could, but they won't. They'll oh, kick the God, first goal. Come on, Shield. 
Sorry. Yeah, anyway. I, 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 won't, um, do it. I won't do it. <sighs> no. Leon, Cameron. Um, all right, let's move along. Uh, questions from Bigfooty. It's time. We finally got to it. Well done. If you're hanging this long, good work. Oh, Everybody gosh. loves Bigfooty. Oh, go those questions. They're always good. What do we okay. got, Maka? Monkey Tuck Man, has Porsche recovered from Melbourne missing out on finals? Yeah. <laughs> come on. Come on. When I started when I started following Melbourne after my move to Melbourne, it's like it's I'm following Melbourne. I've got I've got no expectations. <laughs> <laughs> if I had expectations I might have chosen a good side, but I chose Melbourne, so come on. What am I what do I care? <laughs> uh, that, that was the most Melbourne thing Melbourne could have possibly done. <laughs> Wasn't it just? It was so perfectly Melbourne. Perfectly Anything Melbourne. it could have been better if it was, if it was Richmond. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Uh, Monkey Tongue Man has also asked, since Jonas isn't playing this week, can we disguise him as an Eagles runner who accidentally runs into their huddle with his vicious elbow swinging before the game? Yeah, maybe. Good old elbows. a good idea. I like it. How much are we going to miss Tom Jonas this week? We just need a to lot, have a, a cardboard cutout of Tom Jonas out there just to scare Andrew Gaff a little bit, I think. And if we lose, are people going to scapegoat Tom Jonas? Oh, definitely. Yes, I am. Yes, I've already got it lined yeah. up. I've got, yeah. I've got my, I've got my soapbox ready for that one. Yep. Would you sack him if we lose? No, but I'd certainly have him. No. The, I'd hold him in the same regard as I do Ryder for missing that GWS game. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Peck has asked, "How nice is it to see a good bloke like Luke Hodge given a chance to prove himself in the commentary box?" Not really. But he'll be better than Cameron Lang. I like him as a media personality. I think he's going to be wonderful in the media. I'm a little bit worried. The only thing I'm concerned about is the same reason. Like, you, let's take Dermot Burton. This is my one. Take Dermot Burton and Jason Dunstall. And individually, I think they're quite good. But if you ever put them on the same commentary panel, it just becomes totally shit. Because all they do is talk about, you know, they, they talk stupid shit about each other. They talk about 80s games. And it's the worst thing, worst experience ever is putting them on the same commentary panel. So... I think Luke Hodge, if you put him on a team on, on a, a commentary team that aren't all guys that have played with him, he'll probably be fine. I will hold reservations until he has to commentate a match with someone that is also an ex Hawthorne player. Mm. Um, is there any other ex Hawthorne current or recent? Ben Dixon. Oh yeah. Oh god. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like him. I reckon he's a professional media performer already. He's going to be great. He'll be sort of like the new Nick Del Santo sort of thing. Yeah. I thought he was going into coaching. Nah, why would he do that? I think that? people want him to go into coaching, but um, I think he's pretty set on a media career. If you ah. let's let's be frank, if you're going to choose, like if you have the option of choosing in the media career uh, where you will get all the opportunities you want, or a coaching career, like you'd be stupid not to take the media one because the media one you don't get people hating you and you or too much, and even if you shit, you can probably keep the job for five years longer than you probably should. So you know, you, you can't tell me again. Though, but... <laughs> You can't tell me that he would not get a job as an AFL coach, like full yeah, but like senior coach. Yeah, but if he does, then once he's been the senior coach, what's left? You know, you go um, into media. But why not just start in media and stay there and have the fantastic wages, the the easy, reliable commitment, and the no stress? You know. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's true. Why, why Most of them not? don't do any research, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Like all he has to do is watch games, and he'll be ahead of most of them. So. All yeah. you have to do is talk right. shop. <laughs> And get paid a yeah. lot of money to do it. Like, it, yeah, I don't yeah. know what he'd, he'd probably end up making a couple of hundred grand, I would think. <laughs> On Dylan's the media. Got a great... yeah. yeah. Oh, easy. Yeah. Comfort. Easy. That's um, easy. Not um, bad to uh, to talk footy for a couple yeah. of hours a week. Yeah, and you know you get the media, the sorry, the radio jobs and all that sort of stuff. Like you'll get enough to pull in a good amount of bank for the rest of his life if he wants it in the media. Coaching, maybe not. Um, but there you go. Um, Dylan on the speaker chat has said he feels like a hundred recent ex players are in the media in the couple of years. In the last couple of years, how the fuck have they still got room for Ben fucking Dixon? <laughs> yes, it's a fair point. I'm with you, mate. It's a fair point. That is kind of a, hey, that is a pretty fair point. Game on at the footy, too, guys. Not really. There's still half the score, so let's let's not let's not get the excited. First three goals. Peck so has asked, uh, did Carl Amon signing make your night? Yes. Yes, it has. Uh, yeah, it's all right. Good on him. When did, when did he sign? Oh, it got announced today. Two-year deal. Yeah. Good stuff. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. 
I've been working, unlike some of you people. He's performing well enough. He's uh, at the age group where you'd say, yeah, two-year deal is fair. Um, I'm okay with that one. It's not Hooray, even well top. Done. I think that's that's a great a great deal. Bang on. I think it's good. Yep. Yeah. Well done. Uh, Christoph has asked, if Jacko changed his name to Waco, would he get another contract because of the Texan City subclause? Waco or Waco? <laughs> Waco. Well, there's probably Waco. a Jackson in Texas, isn't there? There might be. There'd have to be. There'd have to be. I'll look it up quickly. Hmm. What about Jacksonville? There's a Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah I don't no, think that's... that's in Texas. Jackson, Texas. There you go. Yep. Jackson, and there's a Texas. lake Jackson, Texas. So, what... Texas. Oh, yep. so he should already be signed up. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Porsche, what's going on with Jackson? Is he staying or going? <laughs> um, well, look, um, my insider sources say that I don't actually know. Um... <laughs> Right. Yeah, who knows? Look, I mean, I, I kind of feel like the place for him is not obvious there. We did talk a few weeks ago about um, when you have players in the position that Jackson's in where there's not really a, a clear necessity for him, but he's still a decent player. Like, those are exactly the sort of players that get traded or moved to other clubs. So I, I still reckon that's a pretty fair chance of happening, um, realistically. Mm. I, never we get don't have long to wait. So I wouldn't have a clue. No, no, clearly not. Ah, yeah. mm. oh, dear. All right. Next question. <laughs> Final question, Chad hey, Wingate. How do I've we prevent... Go on. If you're hanging for some crap food in the office and you're all by yourself and you've got a charity box and you can choose between chalk honeycomb, <laughs> licorice assortments, jersey caramel, raspberry oh. bullets or teddy bears, which one would you choose? Jersey caramel. Jersey caramel. Yeah. That's, that's, that's an interesting choice. They are the best. Mm. No, Choc Honeycomb. I'm a big fan of uh, Choc Honeycomb. Yeah, so much in there, though. I reckon if you just want to idly munch, I'd go the teddy bears for sure. I reckon there's more weight in the licorice, so I reckon there's more value in that one. Oh, there probably is, yeah. Well, I mean, if you consider calories to be value, Rick, yeah, maybe. There's even bullets in there. (laughs) Who am I kidding? I would probably open all of them, to be honest. I know, that's that's what I'm thinking at the moment, right? (laughs) Just chuck $20 oh, yeah. in the box and take them all home. <laughs> oh, dear. And that's it for the questions. I was going to ask some uh, Chad Wingo questions, but they are, he did ask four or five, but they're all questions that have pretty much been answered through the podcast already. Hooray! Isn't that wonderful? It is. All right, well, look, we'll, start, we'll move along to the final wrap-up. Um, it's time to say it. It's time to determine whether Mac is going to tip West Coast or not. Let's have your winning sides and margins and your highest goal kicker for Port Adelaide. Rick, you go first, mate. All right, Port. Yeah. Highest goal kicker. Good question. And margin. Uh, Marshall with three. And, and Port by 23 points. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. I'm going to say Port by 14 points and Charlie Dixon will kick four. Okay, I'm going to say Port by three points, and I'm going to oh. say Chad Wingard with three. I like that. I almost said Chad. Yeah, I reckon it's going to be a Chad game. I hope it's a Chad uh, game. Fear factor, which Port player should West Coast be the most concerned about? Probably Dixon, I would think, given his uh, statistical yeah. advantage over them this year and the fact that he has dominated twice, and uh, the best two games he's played this year have come against West Coast. So for me, I would think... Um, they've got to try something different to see if if that works against Charlie. And if it doesn't, then um, uh, on face value, he should hopefully have another big game. And Rick? Robbie Gray. I think uh, I'm just a bit worried with our lack of tools that he might be, we might be too reliant on him as a focal point, but I think uh, uh, he could be the goods again for us. All right, I'm going to say, look, I've got to say Dixon as well. I was tempted to say Ryder, but that's just, like, I don't think West Coast would even be worried about it. I think they just concede it. <laughs> you know, like, I think they just concede that Ryder's probably going to be first to the tap, and so they're just going to ruck to lose, probably, uh, and have Nathan Vardy be the old Steve McKee and just kind of try and negate as much as he can. So, yeah, I think Dixon. He's got the most potential destructive impact against them. Uh, and which West Coast player should Port be most concerned about? Port should be most concerned about Luke Shuey, but I'm most mm. concerned about Drew Petrie. 
good yeah. good call good call that's fair that's fair uh rick what about you yeah, it's a tough one um daniel kerr <laughs> no nah, i'd have to i'd have to go kennedy i would go kennedy i think okay. um yeah i think yeah he's we seem to struggle with that tall forward this year mm. it's been an issue for us and uh yeah and with that lack of tall defender that we been talking about that could be our issue okay uh i'm going to go with lewis jetter um his game against as much as we say the crows didn't try last week and all that sort of stuff like his pace and his decision making were really spot on last week and that scares the shit out of me as a port adelaide fan because i think that's what we're particularly exposable uh to so um yeah definitely lewis jetter for me um Mm. hopefully i'm wrong (laughs) Uh, and for Port Adelaide, who's your quietest Cheever? Who is going to put in the game of high standard that may not wear the crowd? And we'll start with Macca. Whoa, may not wear the crowd. I've got to say, Hamish Hartlett this week, I think. Mm. I think he's going to be oh, in the top three players on the ground, but performing a little bit of a different role, a bit more of a defensive role. Okay. And Rick? Well, if Marshall kicks three goals, he is going to rev up the crowd, right? Yeah, that's not a quiet achiever, though. So he won't be a quiet achiever. (laughs) So I'm going to go with Riley Bonner because he's not going to be dropped for Jackson Trengove. Okay, fair enough. That's a fair call. I'm going to go Darcy Byrne-Jones, as I have done a lot of times this year and been proven to be stupid, but uh, (laughs) I think that his performance on Mark Lecrae, and I think he's the the natural matchup there, probably, Mm. unless it's Dan Houston. But I think that if he can hold Lecrae down, I think that that will be hugely important for us, even if it won't necessarily look all that important. Yeah. Um, mm. All right, and get your tips in for the other games that are undecided. Uh, I guess we, I guess because Rick feels that there's a comeback going on, we'll ask about the Adelaide versus GWS game first. Who do you think is going to win no, that one? There's Adelaide no comeback coming on. Points. Yeah, Adelaide's going to win that yeah. one. Easy. Adelaide. All right. Uh, what about Geelong Richmond on Friday? That's a tough one. That is mm. going to be. I'm going Richmond. Yeah, I feel like Richmond. Uh, I don't know why, because they are Richmond. Um, but I think they might get the job done. In a close yeah, one, I think it's going to be like done. nine points or something. Yeah, but you're talking about our lack of tolls. What about Richmond? I mean, what have they got? Nan Curvis, and that's it. Mm. Yeah. Look, I'm going to go with Geelong, um, just because I, I just don't rate Richmond's ability to persevere through pressure, really. I'm probably wrong, but I just reckon Geelong. So I'm going to go with Geelong. Mm. Uh, and the Sydney versus Essendon game. I think, are any of us going for Essendon? I think we're all going Sydney, I, aren't we? I'm going Sydney Essendon. Sydney would be great. Sydney, I reckon. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Sydney by a lot. Um, yeah, I do. But it, I think I Essendon's going to be the, the upset. It was a close I've... game last time, wasn't it? So yeah, Sydney yeah, only yeah. beat them with uh, a mark one second from the siren. So... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I it's final. Like, it's a final. I feel like it. Yeah, but yeah, I, think it's... I, I agree. I feel like it's finals. Essendon's had a big year. Sydney are in tip-top form. I think Sydney are going to come out and make a bit of a statement that uh, they're going to be the team to beat. Sydney had to I do agree. a lot to make the finals, though. And I, I wonder if, you know, a bit like They've Richmond a, a few off, years Rick. ago. Pardon? They've just had a week off. Yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just think Richmond that... didn't. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, I still think uh, the emotional aspect of it. I wouldn't be surprised if Essendon, yeah, they should have won last time. So mm. I'm going to go with that as being the upset because there always is one upset, and if it's not Essendon, it'll be West Coast. So let's go with Essendon upsetting. All right, cool. Well, look, guess what? We've actually made it through all the rundown. We're only about four or five minutes over time, which just is absolutely unheard of for three people and one of them being Rick. Um, We've done very well. (laughs) We're doing quite well. Thank you very much. I behaved and my my chauffeur has just arrived. So perfect timing for the conclusion of the show. (laughs) Um, We have got one comment from Dylan on Spreaker Chat who says he asked a damn question. I don't know what it was. So was that one that you overlooked, Macca, for reasons of discretion? Who asked that? Oh, Dylan. 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 Oh, what did you have for dinner? Oh, Jesus. Come on. <laughs> uh, that's not, I'm not even going to bother. Let's move on. Oh, thank you very much I for listening, everyone. I had bacon Dylan. It was pretty tasty. Yeah, I'll say I had too. Yeah. <laughs>
Taking. 